Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast, episode number 40. Today, I want to talk to you about proactive emotional health. Here in the UK, next week, the 10th to the 16th of May is Mental Health Awareness Week. Just like physical health, mental health affects us all. And in the same way that there's a direct relationship between our weight and physical health, there is also a very distinct correlation between weight and mental health. In 2019, Mental Health UK reported that one in five adults, 20%, felt shame. Just over one third, 34%, felt down or low. And 19% had felt disgusted because of their body image in the past year. And that over one third of adults said they felt anxious or depressed because of their body image. And one in eight have experienced suicidal thoughts because of concerns about their body image. But research isn't just showing that obese and overweight people are more likely to suffer from mental health illnesses. Research is also showing that those with anxiety and depression are more likely to gain weight. In fact, a 19-year study found that individuals who displayed symptoms of one or more mental health illnesses were twice as likely to become clinically obese. And the coronavirus pandemic and associated lockdowns have, of course, had a negative impact on the mental health of many of us. Mental Health UK has reported significant increases in anxiety, stress, fear, loneliness and feelings of hopelessness within the UK population throughout the pandemic. And Mental Health UK also reported on our coping strategies, some of which have been healthy and some less healthy. The most significant two unhealthy coping strategies were over drinking and overeating. In April last year, just after the first lockdown, A fifth of the UK population said that they were drinking more alcohol as a way of coping with the stress of the pandemic. And this rose up to 27% at the end of April, but has slowly dropped in February of 2021. And at the same time, nearly a third of the UK population stated that they were eating too much to cope with the stress of the pandemic. And that actually rose to a higher 40% last year. Again, that is slowly declining. The healthiest coping strategies were going for walks, appreciating green spaces and nature and creating online connections with friends and family. And the theme of next week's Mental Health Awareness Week is nature. And during the course of next week, Mental Health UK will put together the evidence that demonstrates the powerful benefits of nature for our mental health. They will be looking at nature's unique ability to not only bring consolation in times of stress, but also increase our creativity, empathy and sense of wonder. And it's not just being in nature, but how we open ourselves up and interact with nature that counts. Even small contacts with nature can reduce feelings of social isolation and be effective in protecting our mental health and preventing distress. So I encourage you to consider your relationship with nature. How much of a relationship do you have with nature? What are your thoughts about investing more time in nature? How can you turn to nature as a way to help you rely less on food and drink as coping strategies 
to help you feel better. And I also want to share with you my thoughts on being proactive with your emotional health as I encourage you to invest in your mental well-being, whether it's an area that you're struggling with right now or not. So ask yourself, what does it mean to be emotionally healthy? How would you know if you are? So many of us think happiness is the key indicator of being emotionally healthy. I used to pride myself on thinking that I just want my children to be happy because I had determined that success and status and wealth did not equate to happiness. And whilst I still believe that to be true, I now think that seeking happiness is not the answer to a happy life. Since I studied life coaching and our relationships with ourselves, others and the world in which we live, I've changed my view because we suffer so much when we think we should be happy all or most of the time. When we think we should be happy and we're not, we make it mean either that there's something wrong with us or there's something wrong with our life. There's lots that happens in our life when you think about it we wouldn't want to feel happy about. Sickness and death, rape and abuse, floods and fires, poverty and famine. These things have and always will be in our life. They will always be a part of the world in which we live and a part of the human experience. How do you want to feel about them? Definitely not happy. Maybe grief, sadness, horror, disgust, sympathy or dismay. Another problem with pursuing happiness is that we tend to think that everyone else is happier than we are and we get caught in a cycle of compare and despair, all massively exaggerated by social and other media. So when we think we should be happy all the time and we're not, we feel as though we can't create the life or the feelings that we're striving for and then we feel lacking and we think something's wrong with us, that we're not enough, not slim enough, talented enough, confident enough, determined enough or wealthy enough. And another challenge, our motivational triad is backfiring. The motivational triad is the way in which our primal brain is programmed for survival by motivating us to seek pleasure, preserve energy and avoid pain. Thousands of years ago, being motivated to seek pleasure, avoid pain and preserve our energy enabled us to survive. Seeking pleasure had us going out and connecting with other people and having sex and getting food and getting water and seeking comfort and warmth to take care of ourselves. But now, in the world in which we live today, seeking pleasure is literally killing us because so much unnatural pleasure is available to us. False pleasure in the form of overeating, overdrinking, drugs, gambling, overspending, all the things. Because we don't have to avoid the physical and emotional pain of living in a cave and needing to hunt for food and fighting every day to stay alive, we are crippled by the emotional pain of stress and anxiety and boredom and loneliness. We take action to avoid feeling all negative emotion, all discomfort, and usually that action does not serve us. The same with preserving our energy. Conserving our energy is what kept us alive thousands of years ago, but now it causes us to be lazy and unfit. To be physically and emotionally healthy today, we need to do the exact opposite of what our primal brain is programmed to do. We need to avoid unnatural pleasure, embrace emotional pain, utilise our energy instead of preserving it. But no one is teaching us this. No one is telling us this. Emotional well-being, proactive emotional well-being, is being aware of all of this and taking control. So here are five things you can do to proactively improve your emotional well-being. Number one, be aware of your emotions. Number two, learn the skill of feeling, allowing and processing emotional discomfort. Number three, understand that your thinking creates your emotions, not the circumstances in your lives. 
Number four, lean into emotional discomfort. Number five, learn how to create emotion on purpose. Okay, so number one, be aware of your emotions. So if I say to you, what is your emotion that you're having right now? Are you able to identify your emotion? By the way, I use the words emotions and feelings interchangeably. An emotion or a feeling is a one word description of a vibration in your body. If you struggle to know how you're feeling or to name what you're feeling, Start by deciding whether the feeling that you have is positive, negative or neutral. If it's positive or negative, try to think of different feelings that it might be and sort of try them on by asking yourself, do I feel, say, disappointed or why do I feel disappointed? The more you practice doing this, the easier it will get and the more extensive your emotional vocabulary will become. As you become aware and familiar with a greater range of emotions, the better equipped you will be to create them intentionally when you want to. If you notice when you feel motivated and name it and know what it feels like, the easier it will become for you to create the feeling of motivation when you want to. To start with, most people when they're exploring their emotions might notice that they feel good or fine. They don't have any breadth, no diversity to the types of emotions that they're having or they just feel bad, or they just feel anxious. A lot of times anxiety is resistance to an underlying emotion. When you're not wanting to experience whatever the emotion is and you push it away and resist it, it can lead to anxiety. So the first step is to understand and identify the emotion that you're having at any given time. And this takes practice. So be curious with yourself, check in with yourself a few times a day, ask yourself what you're feeling, how you're feeling, and be curious about what's going on for you. The second step then is learning the skill of feeling, allowing and processing emotional discomfort, delaying gratification and being comfortable with the truth. Learning how to allow your emotions without fear or resistance is difficult for most of us because we have been sort of trained by society to fix our emotions or resist them or pretend they're not there. So if you feel frustrated, your job is to feel frustrated. Allow yourself to feel frustrated. It's totally harmless. Emotions, feelings are totally harmless. You don't need to fix them. Feeling a negative emotion doesn't mean anything is wrong with you or your life. Frustration is a part of being human. And the bigger your life goals, the more you strive for, the greater the breadth and depth of positive and negative emotions you're likely to feel. Working at losing weight and failing at it and not giving up and having another go is likely to be frustrating, more frustrating than continuing to overeat. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. We have urges to overeat sugar, for example, because our brain thinks that sugar is super important because of the way it reacts in our brain. But when we understand our emotion and we understand that the reason we're feeling that way is because of the way our primitive brain is wired and we understand it from that perspective, then we don't have to react to it. We and identify that there is an emotion and then there's the choice to react to it. And those are two separate things. Number three, understand that your thinking creates your emotions and not the circumstances in your life. We must separate emotion from circumstance. We need to stop telling ourselves that other people and situations cause us to feel a certain way. We determine how we feel by how we think about things, people and events in the world. How we think about how other people treat us, how we think about ourselves and our lives determines how we feel. So when we see that emotion is separate from circumstance, when we can see facts as facts and emotions as our experience, that's when we get some authority over our emotional life and we stop trying to change all the circumstances in order to feel better. We stop chasing all the things outside of ourselves. We 
we stop trying to change other people. We stop trying to control the world. Remember, your thoughts are what cause your feelings. Those sentences in your mind are what cause your emotions. So you want to be able to identify the thoughts that are causing the emotions that you're experiencing. It doesn't mean you're going to change those thoughts so you'll be happy all the time. It just means you will know your emotions come from your brain, that you're creating them. And once you understand that, then you can change your brain as much or as little as you want. Okay, number four is lean into discomfort. When we allow ourselves to process our negative feelings and emotions and experience both negative and positive emotion fully, we really start to experience life. What I mean by this is we don't hide from our life. When you're hiding from life, you're not deciding what you want and going for it. When you are willing to do new things, to strive for difficult things, you're opening yourself up to fear, rejection, humiliation, to lots of emotional pain. But you're also opening yourself up to the experience of being human. Remember, life is 50% positive and 50% negative emotion, regardless as to whether you are pursuing your dreams or not. So you may as well pursue them. If you are wanting to lose weight and you're not, then the chances are that you are feeling happy or unhappy, roughly 50% and 50%. And if you decide that you're going to work at losing weight and you're going to experience what's difficult about that and experience the frustration of failing and trying again, it's still going to be 50-50. The difference is that you're creating the relationship with food, yourself and your life that you want and losing your weight for the last time along the way. So, you may as well be miserable about something whilst you're losing the weight than be miserable because your clothes won't fit, for example. You may as well pursue the biggest dream that you have. If you're going to feel bad half the time anyway, why not? Sometimes the reason you're not pursuing your dreams, the reason you're not going after what you want is because you don't want to feel bad when you don't get it. But if you already don't have it, then maybe you're already feeling bad. Essentially, what have you got to lose? When we start enjoying our life instead of trying to hide from it, when we see the challenges of part of the experience of being alive, that's when we can appreciate what it means to be human. And then the last step, the last tip really, the last way that you can look at being proactive and emotionally healthy is learning how to create emotion on purpose. This is number five. Once you understand that you can generate your emotion by what you choose to think, you can generate the emotion that you most want to create the result you want. For some of you, it's motivation. For some of you, it's discipline. For some of you, it's courage. For some of you, that will be love. So ask yourself, what emotions do you want in your life to fuel the action to do the things that you want to do? Remember, emotional well-being isn't about being happy. It's about being happy to be human, which is experiencing everything positive and negative in your life. So just to recap, you can take steps to be proactive in taking care of your emotional health by increasing awareness of your thoughts and feelings and exploring how you can take control of your emotions instead of having them take control of you. And if you know that you turn to food and drink to feel better, then I encourage you to intentionally explore other ways to help yourself feel better too, such as going for a walk, appreciating nature, connecting with loved ones, because the more healthy strategies you can have to help yourself, the easier it will be to not overdrink and overeat, which as we know can create more negative emotion more feelings of disappointment, frustration and unhappiness in the long term. Okay, that's what I wanted to share with you this week. I hope that you have an amazing week and take care. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, 
lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice-weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six-month Lose Weight, Live Life group coaching mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.